Noon Hour is here. Check it out. And you're locked on to Utah's highest rated, most listened to sports radio station. It's my station. It's my station. This is, this is, this is, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Let's get to it. Hanson Scotty, this is 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Hope you're all having a great day. Hey, buddy, how you doing? Well, I actually like the overcast weather. I like the drizzle. I'm glad that we don't have snow packing our freeways right now. Yeah, yeah. I would. I will take rain and snow in the mountains over snow down here in the valley for were sure. You, were you getting snow up? Oh, yeah, bench? we were getting bombed pretty good this morning when I left with the snow. So it's hitting snow kind of... What, maybe, I guess, five or 600 feet up is all? Yeah, no, we're really low, so we're not that high, so yeah. Uh, yeah you're pretty high. I mean, it goes you, Carol Makita, and Kevin Eubank kind of in a in a row. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing good, man. I, I have been really interested with our kind of pre-day, trade deadline day. It's been more intriguing to me than signing day. Yeah, which used to be a big day. So I guess and signing day used to be the thing. It was the thing, and now it's anticlimactic. We kind of know a lot of the guys that have signed, and a lot of the missionaries that are returning, and a lot of the transfer portal players, and then the high school players that are signing. We're just kind of considering them rentals until yep. they go into transfer portal. Yep. And then when they go into transfer portal, it's like, well, good luck wherever you go. So. I don't know. It's kind of all over the place. I don't spend as much time looking at high school film or trying to decide whether this kid that's coming to BYU from Kansas City is going to be the real deal at quarterback. And I just know what the needs are. I know what Utah's needs are. I know what BYU's needs are. You know what Utah State's needs are, and you know what Utah and BYU need. And I look at it, and I, I see BYU signed a couple of ins, but who knows? Yep, I, I thought the ends that they've signed in the past were going to do it, and they haven't. I want to see some really good defensive line play and just not seeing it. So my fingers are crossed that BYU's picked up some good talent to rush the edge and good talent at quarterback. We'll see if that's happened. We'll see how that plays out. Uh, Kalani Satake will join us coming up at 240, so we'll chat with the head coach of BYU. We'll also chat with Blake Anderson, head coach at Utah State, coming up at 205. So uh, we'll have complete coverage, especially in the 2 o'clock hour of uh, some college football. But we got some NBA to break down. We have a trade to break down. Trade alert. Let's get to it. Hans and Scotty, 97.5, the EKSL Sports Zone. This is Hanson Scotty G. Let's go. The lineup is set, and it's time to kick off the show with the biggest topic of the day. This is the starting lineup on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. All right, we got a game to break down. We'll get to that. We also have a trade to break down as well as the Utah Jazz. And this is, you know, look, you and I grew up on farms, right? Um, you know what it's like to, uh, you know, you either you, you have a little animal that just comes into, you know, that you either bring onto the farm, you you build it up, you grow it up, and then you sell it. Yeah. Or, you, you know, you plant a little seed, all of a sudden you got yourself a nice little harvest, and then you sell it. Well, I'll tell you what, the Jazz took a flyer on Simone Fontecchio. At one point, wasn't quite sure he was an NBA player, and the Jazz essentially just flipped him for – uh, for all intents and purposes, a late first-round pick. It'll probably go to uh, uh, Simone Fontecchio goes to Detroit. The Jazz pick up uh, a second-round pick. It'll be most likely Washington's pick. as uh, It'll be the better of the Washington-Memphis uh, second-round pick, which will, you know, it, unless Memphis really tanks, it'll be Washington's pick. And uh, they also get Kevin Knox in return. So uh, that's not a bad haul considering uh, the Jazz in asset acquisition mode. I thought Ben Anderson did a tremendous job breaking this down with uh, Jake Scott earlier today. And uh, his point was there could be a situation where they're making move to get Taylor Hendricks into the lineup and see what he can do at that three. So uh, I think the Jazz are evaluating. The Jazz are in asset uh, 
acquisition mode, and this might be the tip of the iceberg of some more things coming down the pipeline. All right, so I'm going to rank the things that the Jazz got back in order of intrigue and value. I'm going to go the second-round draft pick, first and foremost. It's probably it's somewhere between 32 and 34, probably, yep. somewhere, somewhere in there. So I'm going to go the second-round draft pick. And the other reason that I kind of like that, now that the NBA draft is splitting into two days, you go through the first round. The second round, I think, is going to have a little bit more interest and a little bit more intrigue because you get to sit and really evaluate what happened in the first day, and you get to start to look at, all right, well, who is left available? Who did they miss on? Who did fall down the list? Who did we love and you've got just a little bit more time to think about it, evaluate it, build some momentum and excitement around it, and pick up a nice piece at 32. Mm-hmm. So I like that second-round piece. Second, I go Kevin Knox. I don't think Kevin Knox is going to come in and be a big-time contributor. I think that Simone Fontecchio is a much better basketball player than Kevin Knox. Kevin Knox plays in the front court. Uh, he's a pretty long, small forward. He's played quite a few years in the league. This will be his eighth year. He's in his currently in his eighth season. And he's just having a very mediocre season. Now he's having a very mediocre season with a garbage team. Yeah. Can't even say a mediocre team. Just, just the, one of the worst of the worst. One of the worst of the worst. So maybe you can squeeze a little bit of ju- juice out of Kevin Knox, but I'd go Kevin Knox number two and then – Getting the draft rights to Gabriel Procida is probably number three. We just got a tweet from Jonathan Tavanari, and JT is, is one of our favorites, and he said that he played with him and has mentored him and said that he's an absolutely fantastic kid, potentially a really good basketball player, but his draft rights came with the trade. So. Yes. Three pieces that came for Simone Fontecchio, and I look at all three, and they don't equal what I'm getting from Simone Fontecchio right now, but maybe in the future. Well, and that's you know that's what you look at and say, okay, well, and and also Simone Fontecchio is going to be a restricted free agent at the end of the year too, and so you're going to have to make a decision. Do you give him a little extra money? You know what what does that situation look like as well? And I think the Jazz eliminate a little bit of a drama there when in trying to deal with what his future is going to look like and get something back for him. Um, and, and look, Simone Fontecchio, I love who he's developed as as a player. I think he has uh, turned into a nice piece, and the Jazz were able to swap him out for another another asset. And whether it's a part of a trade down the line with that second-round pick that is going to be essentially an extended first-round pick, uh, there's, there's, this is, this is a classic Danny Ainge move. Honestly, this is, this is, this is a Danny Ainge, Justin Zanuck, uh, couldn't, couldn't script anything more likely where they look at it and say, okay, you know what? Here's a good player that kind of came out of nowhere that we were able to develop. Our coaching staff did a tremendous job with him and it's a, uh, buy low, sell high situation. You're Simone Fontecchio stock is never going to be higher than it is right now. And you're able to swap him out for a piece that I don't think you're going to. I mean, obviously, the chances of landing landing a dynamic player at that spot at 32 or 33 is pretty minimal. But it can be a piece that gets you over the edge on a trade that you're trying to get done later on. Uh, It just gives you more ammunition is what it is. And and that's that's what they're building. Now, I don't know what that's building towards. That's going to be the million dollar question. That's what this is going to be a really fascinating summer coming up. For the Jazz in an offseason, and, and draft day is going to be really fascinating for this team. And then also, too, it gives you another chance, if this is indeed one of the reasons why they did it, to get another good look at Taylor Hendricks and get him meaningful minutes at the NBA level. Now, I think the G League's been good for him, but it's time to see what he can do, put his on his big boy pants and get meaningful NBA minutes and really see what you got there. Hmm. Well... It's going to be interesting just to see how this influences wins and losses. You know, I was watching the the game last night. Fantastic win over Oklahoma City. And if we didn't have some of this trade talk that's been going down, we would have spent a lot more time on this. But there was a moment last night that Simone Fontecchio really showed his worth. There were a couple moments where he showed his worth. Defensively, I think he gives you great effort. But 
I actually put a short clip out of this play in particular because I love hustle plays. So Oklahoma City comes down. I think it's about uh, three minutes left or, or so in the game, maybe less. And Oklahoma City comes down and hoists up a three at the top of the arc. And Walker Kessler bodies up to Chet Holmgren, and they both go up, and, and Walker Kessler kind of tips the ball, and it becomes a 50-50 ball. And you watch Simone Fontecchio kind of hook an arm into Dort and run Dort to the sideline and with strength kind of push Dort. And Dort's a strong, oh, Dort's kind of really strong stocky player. body yep. dude. And he pushed him into the sideline and into the ball, and the ball goes off on Dort. Those are the things that you just don't see on first vision, but then I rewound it, and I watched the fourth quarter again, and I'm like, this guy. I I actually had to put a clip out of this before I I even knew that this trade was going to go down because, first of all, I love that Walker Kessler bodied up to Chet Holmgren and went up and got a tip on the ball to cause it to to be a toss-up. And then I loved Fontecchio's hustle and his muscle to put into Dort and be able to get that ball back because that, that was a big moment. That led to two points. That was then the dish from Keontae George to Larry Markinen that led to two points, and I think it went for 114-119 or something like that for yeah, the yeah. Utah Jazz. So those are the kinds of things that I'm going to really miss with Simone Vontecchio. He He was really building himself into something great. And the other thing that kind of bugs me, Scotty, I, I – not bugs me. It, it's not that it bugs me. I just like what I'm seeing from European player development. And I think that they're worth something. I think that the Europe, European player is worth something. And I, I think that this is an indicator of that. What you just got back for Simone, I think is an indicator. Like the European player and their development and their commitment. And, you know, maybe they're less likely to complain less likely to miss a workout and have an excuse. But there has been a rise of the European player in the NBA. And I wouldn't mind seeing a roster with the Utah Jazz that is, you know, 40 to 50% comprised of European players. I wouldn't mind it at all. Because they've become the hustlers. They've become the shooters. They they seem to be the, the workhorses. Remember the old adage where European players were soft? Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, you know, they're just soft. And now, I will say this, they're, uh, most of them, uh, a good majority, are a lot tougher than some of the uh, some of the U.S. players right now. Well, that's definitely what it appears to I think, me. And yes, that's on that, an outsider's but, view. But, yeah. but, Scotty, you know where I think that comes from is us watching Manna Ginobili for years and years flop to the court yep. and draw fouls and, and getting so sick of the flopping and the European and nature of it. Dirk helped, helped, was part of that, too. And, and Dirk, Dirk would do it, too. And then, you know, you kind of combo that with what we know of soccer and all the flopping that goes on in soccer. And it's like, oh, you're bringing that soccer flop and your European flair and it's a bunch of trash and go away with it and then you start to see these these guys like Jokic Jokic and you know we we've got some some experience with the Utah Jazz plenty of experience with Boyan Bogdanovich and Lowry Markinen and guys that just keep their mouth shut they keep their mouth shut they don't send out tweets like well we this is what we got to do with our world they just keep their mouth shut they play basketball they, they fight their butts off. They give back to the community. They give big smiles. They're grateful for what they have. And it feels like the American players kind of losing their way a little bit on that. So I'm going to miss Simone Fontecchio because I, I was hoping he'd be at peace with Larry Markinen and, and others as they continue to build this roster because I'm big on the European players. Well, I, I mean, I, I don't think there's any doubt that the Jazz got worse today. In yes, terms of it's this a, season, it's a I mean, there, 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 there's no doubt. Yeah, this is this is a long game, and so if you're looking at the Jazz trying to get better now, look now is this part of a larger operation? Probably, I wouldn't surprise me if there's more stuff coming down tomorrow uh, with the Utah Jazz. Maybe even later today. Like I think that there's still a lot of things in the works for the Jazz as they start to build for the future. But this isn't again. And we've said this all year long. This isn't about the 2023-24 season. This is about the 2026, 2027, 2028 seasons. Um, and uh, and so the Jazz brought in another bullet into the gun 
for hopefully something that's going to be, um, you know, used towards really developing something special in terms of talent acquisition, drafting ability, and all the other stuff that goes along with it. The player you're going to get at 32-33 isn't going to alter the landscape of your team. Not, not likely. Not likely. Um, you know, there's always those second round. Look, there's always the Jokic who gets drafted in the middle of a Taco Bell commercial. That's great. Uh, but the in the middle, but those are rarely. Those are what a great piece of I NBA know. history. Few. Those are few and far between where you get Jokic and a uh, grilled steak uh, chalupa at the yeah. same time. Like that just doesn't happen very often. That's your that's your unicorn. So what you do get though is again a piece of a bigger puzzle that can help tip it over the edge where you're like, hey, we can get this player and we're going to need this and this and this and the Jazz. Because I know that there were moments last year in that NBA draft room for the Utah Jazz where they had nothing available to them. They didn't have really any uh, in Danny Ainge's first year running the operation with Justin Zanuck. And I know they're looking around like, well, we'd like to do this. Can we do this? No, we don't have the we don't have the acquisition. We don't have the assets. Can we do this and this? No, we don't have the assets. We did, no, we don't have the assets. And everybody's standing around being like, well, this isn't fun. We can't do anything. Well, guess what? Those days are done now for the Jazz. They can do a lot. And they can be really aggressive. And Danny Ainge will be. And, and again, I want to I make sure that people know um, how heavily involved Justin Zanuck is on this. Because Danny Ainge has become kind of the face of the front office. Uh, and for good reason. Like, the guy's got such a huge resume and have done so many really good things. But remember, Justin Zanuck is still crazy involved with what the Jazz are doing in a front office standpoint and doing a lot of the legwork on this stuff. So uh, when it comes to summer, when it comes to draft day, and it comes to everything else involved, the Jazz now have the assets to really go out there and get crazy. Mm -hmm. Now, will they do it? I don't know. Sooner or later, you're going to have to push those chips in. And you're going to go all in on either one player or a combination of players like Ainge did when he brought in uh, Kevin Garnett and Ray Allen. And all of a sudden, you couple that with Paul Pierce and Rajon Rondo, and then you win a championship and you almost win another one with that group. He went all in on that. I want to say that was 07, 08, that draft day. Now, I don't know when that's going to happen, but sooner or later, you, you, you got to spend it. And you got all those assets. You got to put it out there. I don't know how it's going to look like, but it's going to happen. And the Jazz are now positioned to a point where they can do that. As far as Detroit is concerned, I don't know what the heck they're thinking. I don't know if they're just trying to stockpile former Utah Jazz European forwards. <laughs> because now you've got a, a logjam of Boyan Bajdanovic and Simone, Simone Fontecchio. Maybe they're looking to move Boyan. That would make sense to me. Because remember, they did draft um, uh, one of the Thompson brothers. I think it was Azar. But they pulled one of the Thompson brothers out of the draft, and and I know that he plays in the in that forward position. So I don't know what they're thinking. What is Detroit thinking? They they're taking on a little bit more salary. They're they're bringing in a Simone Fontecchio that, yeah. a, as you mentioned, is is going to be hitting a little bit more money if he continues to perform. Will be hitting a little bit more money after this year. So. Not that it matters what the Detroit Pistons are doing, but I, I sit here and think, man, I'm so glad that the Utah Jazz are not the Detroit Pistons. No, no, no. If you're if you're cranky about where the Jazz are, just know it could be a whole heck of a lot worse. It could be a lot worse. Yeah. And, and so I don't know what direction Detroit is trying to head with this move that they've made, but I do know that as far as second-round draft picks are concerned, I do believe, as you mentioned with Justin Zanuck and Danny Ainge, that they're the right guys to be sitting down doing the math on it. You know, I, I'm watching Keontae George last night, <clears throat> Scotty, and I was thinking to myself, man, what what a big-time hit. Yeah. What a big-time hit, knocking that out of the park with Keontae George. Yep. Uh, and, and, you know, look, George has a chance to be special. We'll get hopefully a little bit closer look at, uh, at Taylor Hendricks through this whole thing. And this is about evaluation at this point. Yeah, you'd love to hold on to that 8, 9, 10 spot, get yourself into the playoffs, even if it's in the playing tournament, and, uh, and, and give these guys experience. Because I think that's super important for Keontae George and Taylor Hendricks and, and Walker Kessler and all these guys to experience what it's like to play in the playoffs. Because that's a whole other level of intensity. 
By the way, you got a tweet rolling in. What's Kevin Knox's salary situation? The guy's making two point one million this year, and then he's off the books. Yeah, yeah, he's. I I think he's a million or a million and a half under what Simone Fataki was making. Yeah. So Jazz drop off a bit, and uh, Detroit takes on a little bit more, but it is overall. I think it's a pretty insignificant move. Yeah, I mean it's it, yeah. It probably doesn't demand a ton of attention or talk, but what it feels like scotty to me it feels like um it feels like that that first little quake before a potential yes actual yep. quake yep you know uh, who knows Knox may never put <clears throat> may, may never set foot in utah yeah and see i'm thinking that there there's something more kelly Lennox's name has been brought up so many times and he was so great to talk to the the media yesterday and say yeah I, I know like i know my name's out there and yeah i love utah and i want to be here but it's part of the beast i thought he handled it really well he's like this just it is what it is so if kelly Linick is thrown into a trade and Knox is is some type of use and we use some type of second round pick packaged into it like i i could see all of those things coming down the line it just feels like this was a little bit of a quake before the big one yep potentially. so buckle up hold on to your butts well we'll see it's kind of tough because these back-to-back wins for the utah jazz against the milwaukee bucks and last night against Oklahoma City and doing it in fourth quarter play and doing it in exciting fashion. I know all of us are sitting back like, okay, well, now I want to see more. You, you want to see more of what this Jazz team can be. And Simone was a part of that. He was a part of the push. Yep, yep. Especially that win. And I, I can and- give you a couple more examples last night of what Simone did to help get that win over Oklahoma City. Hands and Scotty, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. You don't want to hear from us anymore. You want to hear from a guy that's going to save you a little bit of money. You want a guy that's going to be with you every step of the way in the car buying business. He's going to put you in a car that you love to drive, that's going to be fun to drive, and he's going to save you a ton of money doing it. Jake's with us. We're live here at Tim Daly Mazda, Southdown. How are you? What's going on, fellas? How are you? We're doing great. How you been? Well, I tell you what, it's been it's been a crazy week so far. Has it? Just a crazy week, you know. Good crazy? Yeah, yeah, always good crazy, you know. We we sold a whole bunch of cars on Monday and Tuesday, which is fantastic. Um I really think that people are starting to get some uh, tax returns back and good. you know, I have uh I have some offers to give out, you know, like we talked about last time you guys were here, the 0% did go away on the CX-5. Um so that's, you know, boohoo, but we do have 0% on the CX-30 and 0% on the CX-50. Okay, so, what, what's the 30 look like? So the 30 is, it's just a step down from the CX-5. Okay, You gotcha. know what I mean? So yeah. it's, it goes 30, 550, okay. and then 90. So, um, and I personally, my favorite car, and you guys have heard me say it over and over again, is the 50. And they got 0% for 63 months on the 50 right now, which is fantastic. Um, and then they got 72 months at 2.9%. So, um, you know, it's a great opportunity to come down and get one of those those brand new cars. Mm. Um and then also with with tax returns, we're going to match up to two thousand dollars in down payment for anybody out there that comes in. You put in two grand, we're going to match two grand. So wow. just a kind of a two a tax return match. Yeah, absolutely. So that's four thousand dollars. I mean, got to ma- mention the show. Yep, got to mention the show for sure. And you can get the zero percent, and then uh, I'll even take uh, an additional thousand dollars off the price today. And so you could you could have up to five grand off. Yes, on top of the the match. Uh huh. That's that's a bigger number than typical. Yeah, that's that's a lot bigger. Listen, we're we're a little bit behind in selling new cars so far this month. So we got to do some catching up, <laughs> and uh, but th- that's good for everybody else out there. Well, and that's the thing. Like you, you always want to uh, you you always want to take care of people. And yeah, I've known absolutely. you long enough that that if somebody's out there driving around like oh, I'm upside down or man I can't do this or whatever credit you know. Like, just come in and talk to Jake and the crew. And, and the thing is, you'll shoot them straight. You'll be like, okay, look, we can do this and this. We're going to struggle with this a little bit. But guess what? We're going to put you in this situation, and then we're going to help you get here and here. And it's an honest, good conversation to kind of see where you're at and what you can do to get you into a vehicle. Yeah, why not? Why not take take a, a couple minutes to really see, you know, what we could do? Because there's a lot of things that we could do that you probably think that we can't. Uh, give us an opportunity to come 
down, save thousands of dollars, get into a brand new vehicle, pay zero percent, get the forever warranty. Yeah. Right. Uh, it's covered forever. You know, you, you're 10 years from now, your engine goes out, guess what? We're replacing the engine. Transmission goes out, guess what? We're replacing transmission. Uh, you know, you and that's free of charge. Yeah, that's free of charge. I mean, you can't put a dollar figure on that. I mean, because that's just, you know, you end up giving it to one of your kids and it goes out 10 years from now. We're going to take care of it. It's all right here at Tim Daly Mazda Southtown. Come on by. Jake's going to be with us all show today. It's really easy to find on Automall Drive and like you're getting up to five grand. They'll match your two thousand dollar down payment. They're going to throw in an extra thousand uh, dollars against the vehicle as well. This is the best time to buy one of these Mazdas. One hundred seven eighty five Automall Drive. It's all right here on ninety seven five the KSL Sports Zone. This is this is DJ and PK. Jason Cole, senior writer from 33rdteam.com. How much do you get caught up in legacy? Legacy does mean a lot. You start to talk about what differentiates guys, why guys go in the Hall of Fame. This is the reason. This is why you say, okay, where does Andy Reid start to rank among the all-time coaches? Does right. he go from somewhere in the top 10 to does he start to sneak up into the top five? Patrick Mahomes, are we talking about he's in the top 10 or does he start sneaking up there with guys like Brady and Montana and, you know, man, and all those guys. Mahomes, just based on what he's done so far, is probably a Hall of Famer. Reed is a Hall of Famer. But now we're talking about a different level of it. Catch DJ and PK. Mornings from 6 to 10. Presented by Murdoch Hyundai. Utah's number one Hyundai dealer for 16 years in a row. On 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. When's the... and Scotty 97.5 DKSL Sports Zone time to check in with the man himself it's Ben Anderson jazz insider for kslsports.com uh, Ben's kind enough to hang out with us kind of make sense of what happened here with the jazz Ben how you doing hello Ben doing well how, how are you guys we're doing good. great. All right, so your initial thought, uh, I thought you did a great job breaking this down with uh, Jake Scott on the air earlier today, but when this thing came across, what's your initial thoughts on Simone Fontecchio on his way to Detroit? My honest thought was, what, what's Detroit doing? I, don't, I didn't really understand that, to be honest with you, and I get that you know, Simone's a you know, 28-year-old veteran, and they are a team that needs to start winning games. They're, they're a mess. So from the Detroit perspective, I guess that makes a little bit of sense, but no, I thought this was a really good trade for the Utah Jazz. I think it checks multiple boxes when I think historically, if you look at what Danny Ainge and Justin Zanuck have done, you know, it's easy to say, well, you know, the Jazz need X, Y, and Z or, or just X. So they're just going to do a one-for-one trade. It's like that's not usually the best trades. Usually the best trades do a couple of things. And this trade does that. First of all, it puts them back into the NBA draft this year, which they didn't have a pick otherwise. Now, that doesn't mean that that was the priority, but that's kind of the obvious asset they're getting back is the 32nd, 33rd pick that'll be coming from the Washington Wizards uh, in this year's draft via Detroit. So that's one what thing. Do you, what, do you think the, what do you think the Jazz purpose is with the Fox move? With the, sorry, with the what move? Knox. With, or with their Knox move. Oh, I, I, he's just had to match salary. I don't, I don't see him being a piece of any kind. But – uh, yeah, the, the Jazz get back into the second round uh, and an early second round pick, which should give them some flexibility. It clears room for Taylor Hendricks to move into the lineup in some regard. You know, maybe that's not Simone Fontecchio's starting spot, but it's a it's a chance to get him on the floor now. Also, it clears room for Ochai Abaji to try and figure out, you know, if he's an NBA player, if he's going to be a part of this team's core long term, where he was pretty good last year to close the season and has not been able to replicate that. So that's beneficial. And then I, I think it gives you an opportunity with another overseas player who they are going to stash and has been stashed that sounds like people are kind of intrigued in. It, it's just another iron in the fire. So it, it, you lose Simone Fontecchio, who I wouldn't have been surprised if they lost in the offseason anyways, and you really kind of address three issues or you get three movable assets or three things that you can work with, and that's generally how Danny Ainge and Justin Zanuck have done business, and I think that's a smart move. Also, you know, some ammunition for, you know, the Jazz may not draft there, but they do have ammunition, whether it be something that comes up tomorrow or something on draft day, something during the summer, uh, another asset 
But, you know, I think a lot of jazz fans are like, okay, this is the tip of the iceberg of something bigger coming. Do you feel that? Or is this just uh, something cosmetic for maybe something that it'll take a few months or a year or so down the line? No, I, I mean, I think this is a, this move has some immediate uh, action. Again, I think it allows Hendricks to move into the lineup with the jazz or at least join the main roster full time. Uh, and maybe I'm wrong on that. I would be surprised if I'm wrong. I think, you know, you want to get your number nine overall pick in the rotation and playing and seeing what he can do and seeing if he's a guy you could count on as soon as next season or if you still need to address that in the offseason. Uh, and, you know, I don't know if I would say this is the tip of the iceberg. I think that would imply another major move coming yes. on its heels. And maybe the Jazz make another similar move. And I, I will tell you the truth. The return the Jazz got for Simone Fontecchio is not – unlike what I thought they might get for Kelly Olenek. It's a borderline first-round pick. It's not quite there in the first round, but teams are pretty hesitant to move first, even in bad drafts, because they have perceived value. And then you kind of just get a young asset like this uh, this kid in Italy, and maybe he never comes over. He's playing in Germany right now. But I kind of thought, like, th- there's a realistic situation where that's what they were going to get for Kelly Olenek, you know, swap expiring contracts and, and, and get another draft asset in addition to it. So this is more than more for Simone Fontecchio than I expected them to be able to get. And maybe it does hint that there's a bigger market and, and better return for uh, for Kelly out there. But I can see that type of trade going down. I, I'm not sure I see the Jazz, you know, this being the precursor to going out and getting DeJounte Murray or something like that. As you did mention, it might mean more for Taylor Hendricks. We've got a 13-game sample size on him this year, somewhere close to five points a game and and. We, we know that he spent a lot of time at the G League, but as you look at what you've seen with Taylor Hendricks, do you feel like he's ready for more NBA time? Yeah, I mean, I think he needs to get more NBA time. Now, you know, is he as good as Simone Fontecchio right now? Probably not, but I'll have to admit, guys, I was not as sold on Simone Fontecchio as I think a lot of people were. I know he's had some nice moments defensively, but he's not like a great defensive player. He works hard. He tries hard, and that's a big part of the job when it comes to uh, to being a defensive player, but he's not the most gifted physical specimen we've ever seen. He's got NBA size, but he's not, you know, freakishly, he doesn't have freakish measurables the way I think Taylor Hendricks does. I think that maybe where Taylor was best when he was with the Jazz, uh, especially in December when he was getting real rotation minutes, was on the defensive side of the ball where he showed some natural instincts. He really does slide his feet well. Just having a guy with a seven-foot wingspan is beneficial. He's a very good shot blocker. We know those things are uh, – we know he offers those things. So I, I actually think that might be pretty replaceable. And then there are a lot of things Simone Fontecchio couldn't do. I mean, he was not a dribbler. He's not a passer. He ran transition really poorly, made a lot of mistakes in some of those situations, had some ill-timed turnovers still. So while I get that Simone was kind of this surprise out of nowhere – I didn't ever think he was a long-term solution for the Utah Jazz. And I know maybe in December it felt like he could be, but everything was clicking for the Jazz in December. And and Simone was a part of that momentum and, and maybe benefited from it versus caused it. So I, I wasn't ever as sold on him as I think some of the narrative had created. And, and I think all along the Jazz were happy to build up his, his value uh, and trade him if they could. And if they didn't, they would have just let him walk in the offseason. So they got something essentially for nothing on a very low-cost buy uh, last year in the offseason. Another trade, uh, Memphis Grizzlies trading Xavier Tillman to the Celtics. They pick up a couple of uh, second-round picks for Tillman. Uh, he's on an expiring $2 million contract, So, uh, uh, and the Celtics can uh, pick up his bird rights as well. So he's uh, on his way to Boston. Kind of give me, uh, when you look at Kelly Olenek, uh, what, give me some potential suitors that might be interested in him and does his trade value, you know, if you got this for Simone Fontecchio, is, does that increase his trade value, or is it still kind of in that same range, late first-round pick? The Xavier Tillman thing actually kind of changes, I guess, my perspective. I, I honestly hadn't seen it. I just, I just got back here. So uh, that's a little bit of a low cost, but Boston doesn't have a lot to offer. So that, that makes sense that they got Xavier Tillman. I actually kind of like Xavier Tillman as a player, and Memphis is, is doing a fire sale. Uh, now, Kelly Olenek is a far better player than Xavier Tillman, hence his $12 million salary. And I think Xavier Tillman was like the 29th pick in the drafts or something. So they, they are, those are not equal pieces. Um, no, I, I, I would key in on Philadelphia. Uh, I still think the Knicks could use big guys. I mean, you're talking about two teams that have lost major pieces in their front court to injury. Obviously, Julius Randle 
and Mitchell Robinson in New York, and then Joel Embiid. We'll see how much he's able to play this year, uh, or if he doesn't come back at all. We'll see where he is in four to six weeks. Uh, but I think Kelly Olynyk could make sense on both of those teams. Miami has some weird trade assets that don't really match up with what the Jazz have. I don't think they're giving up on Duncan Robinson. Right now, he's kind of had a resurgent year, and that's the piece that would make the most sense. So I, I would key on a couple of those Eastern Conference teams. Uh, but, but Kelly helps everyone. I mean, Kelly is helping a mediocre Utah Jazz team right now because he is so versatile and because he can do five things. I mean, he started the fourth quarter yesterday playing point guard for the Utah Jazz. Well, he's 6'11 and doesn't jump. But then if you need him to move to the front court, he can do that as well. So there's a lot of teams that can envision how to use Kelly Olynyk that may not even be the way the Jazz have used him. So really, there's 29 teams that he makes sense on. Hey, Ben, help Jazz fans understand just a little bit more in detail what it meant to grab the asset of draft rights to Gabriel Presida and what might be used and how that piece works for the Utah Jazz in the future. Well, my first thought was, oh, they saw him playing on the FIBA team with Simone Fontecchio when they were watching Simone Fontecchio and said, hey, that's another guy to, like, put on the list. You know, the, the, the Jazz have international scouts, and they, they have, you know, uh, a head of player personnel. That's entire job of professional personnel is just to know every other basketball player on the planet. And are they improving? Are they an NBA prospect? Is it a guy you should think should come in? Is it not anyone you should worry about? Like, those guys are always out there monitoring exactly this type of player. And, you know, Joe Ingles was one of these guys for a long time. You're like, he's might be good enough to make the NBA. He's kind of getting up there in age. Like when's someone going to take a swing? Is he going to be able to pan out? So it, it's that type of, you know, iron in the fire that you kick down the road, you wait and watch. Maybe you bring him in for the summer league as soon as this year. And you say, Hey, is this a guy? Is this someone worth keeping around? It's a free audition. And you guys probably have the number in front of you. Is this like a 36 pick? Like European guys who are the 36th pick are generally kind of interesting. You know, those are guys who could be first round picks who fall out of the first round because you don't know when they're going to come over, but they've got the physical uh, dimensions that you need to be an NBA player. And you're just not sure how quickly they're going to be able to translate that game to the league. That's generally when those guys get picked in the thirties. So it's intriguing. I, I, I think it's somebody we will see at some point with the Utah jazz summer league. Uh, you know, sometimes you see these names traded and they were drafted in like 2011. Yeah, yeah. This guy's drafted two years ago. He's 21. So it, it is an asset that I certainly wouldn't say is, is never going to land in Utah. It's somebody at the very least you can uh, maybe bring to a summer league and test out. Ben Anderson joining us right here on 97.5, the EKSL Sports Zone. All right, so Ben, um, let's, uh, you know, obviously we're all talking about the trade and the potential trade deadline. Jazz lose to Philadelphia to start this homestand. And then they beat Milwaukee, and then they beat Oklahoma City. I mean, these are two good teams that came into Utah, and the Jazz were able to come away with some Ws. How impressed with you or what you saw last night in both those games, overcoming adversity and finding ways to get Ws? Yeah, there was kind of a joke early in the year. You know, we see David James and PK when they're leaving in the morning, and Jake and I are coming in, and DJ would always ask me what I thought was going to happen in that game. And for like a month and a half, I got it wrong. I just <laughs> got every game wrong, which is why I'm not a professional gambler. But it's like, just when you think this Jazz team is dead and kind of, you know, they lose six out of eight, including some really bad performances on the road and a terrible loss at home to Philadelphia, they turn around and beat the best team in the West and the number two ranked team in the Eastern Conference because they are really hard to predict, but they are very resilient and they do have talent. Uh, so, you know, does this mean they're going to beat Phoenix tomorrow? Probably not. Does it mean I think they're going to sweep the Lakers and the Warriors twice next week? Probably not. But you can't count them out. And I feel like, you know, with the Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert and Quinn Snyder teams, I could always kind of guess who they were going to beat and who they were going to lose to. It seemed pretty predictable. And this is not how Will Hardy's teams have operated. They, they have really good nights and they actually don't have that many bad nights where they no show. But, but when you do think they're at a low point, they always seem to get back up off the mat. And I think that's, that's a resilience that is nice to have if you're a basketball fan. And it certainly gives the jazz something to play for over these final 30 games where, you know, minus a major fire sell, uh, sale, excuse me, in the next 24 hours, uh, I suspect we will see the Jazz competing for a play-in tournament spot. Man, ben, how excited should people be on Keontae George? Back-to-back four-quarter usage was incredible. Dropped a shoulder on Dort, got separation, steps back for a clutch minute three that was so big. Um, had another three in that game that was critical and is showing big, big guts 
in fourth quarters against big time opponents. I'm glad you said guts. I was wondering I, where you're going. I there. said guts. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, how excited should Jazz fans be? I, I don't want you to draw a Donovan Mitchell comparison, really, because nobody wants to hear that or likes it. But are we seeing greatness start to form? Here's what I think is worth noting. I think he's probably, you know, Victor Wembanyama, and I'll say this draft class. I won't say this rookie class so you can get rid of Chet Holmgren because he wasn't drafted this year. He was drafted two years ago. But, you know, I'll take Victor Wembanyama, uh, and then you start getting, you know, Brandon Miller's been really good this year, and there's some of these older guys like Jaime Hawkins, who's, you know, came from US, UCLA and played four years and is playing with the Heat and is playing really well, but, like, Man, how many guys are you taking in front of Keontae George from this rookie yeah. class? And it's early, and these guys will develop. But like the Thompson twins, which were all the rage, uh, Keontae's been better than they are, you know. And and he's the same age. Actually, in fact, he's younger than both of those players. So I get why they have this elite athleticism that Keontae may not be able to channel. But it's not like he's not an NBA caliber athlete. We've seen some of the posters he's had this year. So you got a top five rookie in a draft class with number sixteen, and top five rookies in every draft class, even going back to the worst draft class in history are 10 or 12 year NBA veterans and starters. So if you get that guy, you're in really good shape. And, you know, does that mean he's the starting point guard of the future? The jazz certainly talk about him a lot that way. Uh, they, they always seem to be saying that that's the case and they aren't super shy about it. And then yeah, to your point hand, he plays 24 minutes of the last 24 minutes in the last two fourth quarters. Like the jazz aren't even hiding what they're doing with him. There's, yeah. there's no, we're going to bring him along slowly. Like they threw him out there against Damian Lillard and Shea Gildas Alexander and Lou Dort, who's one of the best defensive players in the NBA, point of attack on point guards, and he won those battles. So, what what could you possibly com- be complaining about? I guess if you're a Jazz fan, you know, I know you didn't tank and get Victor Wembanyama. You got a top four caliber pick in the draft with the number 16th pick that you got from the Minnesota Timberwolves, and then you're still going to see what Taylor Hendricks does this year. I guess like. That's how you build a team. That that's pretty steady and solid team building, in my opinion, and my understanding of of how teams like to operate. So, yeah, you, you've you've hit with Keontae George, and that's the hardest thing to do in the draft is to hit and get a guy. Uh, and I think you're clearly seeing not only is he an NBA player, but he has a chance to do some very special things. Ben, well, we appreciate your time as always. Thanks for hanging out with us again. Great stuff at KSLSports.com, as well as uh, go back and listen to. Uh, Jake and Ben show on podcast form. You have more analysis and breakdown of the trade there as it happened live. Uh, but we look forward to catching up with you again soon. Thanks. Thanks again for doing this. Thanks, Ben. Thanks, guys. See ya. There he is. Ben Anderson right here on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. All right. Coming up next, uh, what you may have missed. And then uh, Kurt Heelan will join us at 105. We'll get his thoughts on the trade as well as the other trade that just went down. Uh, we'll give you an update on that. And then in the 2 o'clock hour, take a little closer look at the world of college football. It is National Letter of Intent Signing Day. Uh, you'll hear from Kalani Satake, who will join us at 240. Blake Anderson, head coach at Utah State, will join us at 205. It's all right here on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, may I present... This is JJ and Alex. Keep in mind that the Jazz have a a long view here. Yeah. Danny Ainge, Justin Zanuck, Ryan Smith, they all have a long view here of trying to win a championship. And so they'll make trades and they'll do things that they believe help them get there. And you have to throw sentiment out of the window. You can't fall in love with guys. This is a business, and you have to make business decisions. And Danny Ainge has a long career of doing that, being able to separate the business part of it from the personal part of it. And Colin Sexton is a guy that could be moved on Thursday. Based on what I've seen with him playing, that the Jazz would want to keep him, but you never know what's out there. And he is his trade value probably has never been higher if he is indeed on the trade block. Catch JJ and Alex afternoons from 3 to 6. Presented by G2G Bars on 97.5 The KSL Sports Zone. He works hard to give her all he thinks she wants. I know you play music for a reason. I'm having a hard time. Got to be Valentine's. What's going on, Lloyd? Flowers. Well, there is a read you got to do. Well, yeah. I. All right. Maybe that's it. I don't know. We're still a ways away from Valentine's. I know, but you're doing the read, so I thought, why not? All right. 
Hey, make sure to join us. We're going to be live at Jimmy's Flowers coming up in Layton, coming up on Monday, 2840 Hillfield Road. When it comes to Valentine's Day, think flowers. And when you think flowers, I want you to think Jimmy's Flowers. Got, uh, there's that, there's that location. There's one actually right there in B-Town up in Bountiful. Grab your flowers. Don't screw it up. We could change the words a little bit, Scotty, and we could say, buy her a rose. Come see us at work. Because we'll, yeah, yeah, we'll like be that. there. That's not bad. Um, all right. What you may have missed right here on the zone was we're live here. Do you want to just keep Deli Mazda. talking about love? 107.85 Automall Drive. Keep nope. Let's move on from that. Romance. <laughs> Why would you be playing this? <laughs> Hands... Hans and I were both looking at each other. Like I did pause for a minute, but but then I remembered I really do love love. Oh boy, and here we go. So I'll take that song any day. Uh, by the way, if you're just tuning in, I know we got some what you may have missed here in just a second. But Utah Jazz, Jazz did pull off a trade. Simone Fontecchio goes to Detroit. In return, you get a early second round pick. You get Knox, and you get a the draft rights to a European player that we just don't know a ton about. So yeah. you sold, you did not buy. Nope. That's you a sell. Sold. And that's a, uh, you got worse today, but that's, you know, look, it's, that's all right. That's, that's part of playing in the long game. Utah jazz did play the best basketball from a team in the state yesterday, getting a win <laughs> against Oklahoma city. Bar wasn't set that high yesterday. <laughs> Outside of that. <laughs> Outside of that, not uh, not a lot of good going on. Um, BYU fell to Oklahoma. They were at Oklahoma, and they just couldn't get things going from three. They ended up 8 of 26 from three, and we know that BYU relies pretty heavy on the three, especially when Ali Khalifa is off the court. And Ali Khalifa was off the court because of a flu. Noah Waterman was out there, and he was sick, and you could see him dragging, but he was – he was trying, and BYU just could not get over the hump, and and they lose and lose badly, eighty-two to sixty-six. Yeah, you know it's Oklahoma. funny. It's funny because you know Spencer Nelson and I are calling the Utah State game, and we're checking scores, you know. And uh, I look around and I see Utah or BYU's up like thirty-four twenty-nine. I'm like, oh, yeah, BYU's playing well. Yeah, if I remember right, it was tied at the half. Yeah, and I'm thinking, okay, BYU's got a chance to get themselves a big, nice road victory. And then at the end of the game, I back went back and checked the scores, like, oh. Ah, oh, oh, okay. So the second half, not so much. So that happened. And then Utah State. Yeah, I called that one last night. And uh, Utah State was out of the gates fast, man. Had an early seven-point lead and looking good. And then Nevada goes on a 21-4 to run and uh, and ends up taking a uh, lead into halftime. And then Utah State cut it down to three. Uh, but Nevada just put the clamps down. And really, the Aggies' um, offense – is really starting to struggle a little bit. Everybody's collapsing on great Osibor like you'd expect. They're bringing double, triple teams. He's passing it out, and Utah State's got to hit open shots, and they had a good, a lot of good looks last night, and they just couldn't knock them down. So the shooting woes continue for Utah State. They've got some work to do, and they've got a huge game coming up on Saturday against Boise State. Well, that was their first home loss. Yep. So they're going to shake that off, and the way they're going to shake that off, Lloyd and I actually found a couple of women to go out on dates with us. And Lloyd and I are going to be taking dates out to the Utah State-Boise State game this Saturday. So Date we'll be night because we love love. You're taking the girls to Boise. <laughs> or to Logan, sorry. Yeah, I'm to go to see Boise. Boise. To Bad see Boise. things happen in Boise. Uh, uh, no, we're taking them up to Logan, and I will tell you bad things happen there, too. <laughs> I might become an ultimate Aggie. Oh, really? Who knows? Stop. St- Who stop knows? It. Depends what are you on, doing? Depends on how early I'm able to get up there. <laughs> <laughs> I can't let you be the only one on the show. Oh, I, I'm not. The only ultimate <laughs> Aggie on the show. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. So I'm, I'm headed up there. I'm excited. Uh, I'm Let's excited see, to get uh, on the spectrum just to see what it's all about. Yeah, and then it's going to be, obviously, it's already listed as a sellout. And... Also, that's uh, Stu Morrill will have the court named after him. A lot of uh, former players up there. And Tim Lacombe will be doing color with me, and we'll have some fun. So Lloyd and I will be staring at the back of you and Tim Lacombe's heads. 
Well, we might be way up. I don't know where these are at. But I don't know where they're at be either. Ways, actually. Yeah, but there's not a bad there, seat you know, in there, right? In that arena, there's not a bad seat. Yeah, okay. There really isn't. I mean, it seats 10,000, and it's all around. I mean, it's, it's yeah, any seat in there is a pretty good seat. It's a good place to watch a game. Well, and the fact that Lloyd and I found women that would actually go with us. Yes. I'm still – I'll believe it when I see it, honestly. Uh, well, I, I will tell you this. Um, the girl that Lloyd is taking, she's <laughs> she's very good – at finding seats that are a lot closer to the action. Have you heard that story? I've not heard this story. So I took my sister, Angie, to a... Like Kenny Chesney or something like that? Yes, it was Kenny Chesney. And so I was all excited because my sister is a big Kenny Chesney fan. It was at the Delta Center. So we show up. And they, I'm like, where are these tickets? And they're like, oh, they're they're up there. So you go up another row, and then you go. We were one row in front of the wall at the very top. Wow. Yeah. And okay. I was like, geez. So I told my sister, I'm like, hey, I'm gonna go grab a couple of, I'm gonna grab popcorn or a drink or something. And so I go out to the, the foyer, and I bump into Jessica, Lloyd's girlfriend. At the, at the Can time. Can you not say girlfriend? <laughs> at the time. I think we were married at this time, too, <laughs> by the Significant way. other. <laughs> We've now Maybe. been married for a long time. Mother of his children. And she goes, hey, do you want a couple of tickets just to get a little bit closer? I'm like, oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, this is this is great. Because my, my sister was still excited to be there. Yeah. She gives me two tickets. I grab my sister, and we're three rows away from Kitty Chesney. I'm like, Jessica. Like, this is a $800 ticket. I said, where did you find it? She said, oh, those people over there were just giving them away. I guess there were people that were in the in the foyer, and I they were like, know. hey. This, this sounds nefarious. <laughs> Lloyd, this is your wife. You can't be saying that she's up to no good, man. I'm just saying, but I'm hearing this story. I'm like, wow, really? They just they had these tickets, and they're like, here, here's, were, some, here's some tickets. Where, where were you, Lloyd? Your wife going to concert without you? Yeah, she did. I, I wasn't at this concert, no. Right. She went with. She had a ladies' night. Okay. Well, let's just say it worked out really well because we enjoyed the concert. So your, we, your faith in humanity was restored oh, thanks fine, to Jessica. Finally, something is. went my way. Yeah. Finally, something went my way. All right. Coming coming up next, Kurt Heelan will join us um, from NBC Sports and ProBasketballTalk.com. We've got some NBA trades to break down. We're live here at Tim Daly Mazda Southtown, 107.85 Automall Drive. Hands, uh, you know what? Mazda's beautiful vehicles. And if you've kind of don't, if you haven't had Mazda on, on top of your mind for a while, I just want you to come by and take a test drive. And you can see how it'll handle the rain because it's raining down here. You can come by, d- grab one of these vehicles. Some of them still have 0% financing attached to them. And you can take it for a little test drive. See what they do. See how much power these vehicles have. And then you bring it back here, and they're going to start working up some numbers for you that could very well include 0% financing. That uh, They will give you $1,000 off the vehicle. They're going to give you, uh, again, they're going to match your down payment. So if you put up to 2000 so if you put 2000 down, they'll match it. So all of a sudden, with $1,000 off, the matching down payment, you're looking at five grand. Yeah that is available for you to knock off the price of these vehicles. Plus, they're going to give you more for your trade-in than anybody else. I've bought uh, vehicles from uh, Jake in the past, a bunch of vehicles. I know you've worked deals with them here at Mazda. These are good dudes, man. They're here to help you out. Well, that's what I love the most is I just know Jake is going to take care of our people. Yep. Like, actually take care of our people. And that means a lot to me because I do not like getting tweets and emails that say, oh, man, I, I took your suggestion. It went really wrong. you know. And, and we've had some of those in the past. Never had one with Jake. Nope. Never had one with Tim Daly Mazda. And we've had some listeners that have given us some great feedback. Yeah, it's really a fun place to be. In fact, we just heard a story of how Jake bettered the entire process for his customers. Jake will go to great lengths to make sure that the process of your purchase Leaves you happy. Leaves yep. you satisfied. Yep. Hey, that dude is all about customer service, and if there's something he doesn't like, he fixes it. Uh, he almost kicked Scotty and I out for being too loud. Yep. 107.85, <laughs> Automall Drive. It's Tim Daly, Mazda Southtown, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone.